Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi guys, welcome to Sandals Church. I'm so glad you guys are here, man. God is doing amazing, amazing things in this series called Healer. I was brought to tears last week when I was at Hunter Park Live just to see people move, people coming forward and being delivered from so many things that attack them. But here's the reality. Many of us, we're not battling cancer. We're not battling demons. We are battling relational wounds. Everybody in this room, everybody listening has been hurt by someone. Man, maybe somebody who said, I love you forever. I heard a, a, a psychologist say this week, we used to say until death do us part. Now we say until our love dies. That's the vow that we make now. And it's just so, so sad. But some of us, we've been hurt by our parents. We've been hurt by a friend. We've been hurt by our spouse. We've been hurt by our kids. And we're just broken people. And we need healing. I have good news for you. Jesus doesn't just want to save you. He wants to heal you. The Greek word sozo means to save and to heal. It means both. And Jesus wants to heal you today of your relational wounds. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, I don't, it doesn't matter where you are today, God has a word for you and he's calling you to himself. And it's amazing that the only thing that heals a broken relationship is a right relationship with God. And he wants you to have that today. So we're in one of my favorite stories, man. I've probably preached this more uh, in Sandals history than any other uh, story. I love this story. It's the story of a woman at a well. And man, God just speaks to her and reveals to her how much he loves her and cares for her, even though she's so broken and feels so isolated and so alone and has so many relational wounds. In John 4, 4 through 10, it says he had to go through Samaria on the way. I want you to just pause there. We all have to go through things we don't wanna go through. There are just chapters in your life that you wish you could rip out. But I want you to know this, God has allowed those chapters in your story to bring about his miracle in your life. And so I just want you to know, if Jesus has to go through things, so do you, so do I. Some of you are in your marriage, you're like, oh, I just thought we were perfect for each other. I thought we were, were soulmates. And now you're like, we're cellmates, amen? <laughs> like we're trapped in this prison. Look, sometimes you gotta go through things to get to where God wants you. And so Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had to go through difficulty. This is people of another race, another religion. They don't like Jesus, they don't want Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus sends his disciples into the town. He doesn't even go. He's like, that's on you guys, okay? You're JV, I'm varsity. You go and get us some food. And he sends them in. But eventually he came to a Samaritan village of Sakar, near the field of Jacob, that he had had for his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus was there, listen, tired from a long walk. And he sat wearily beside the well at about noontime. How many of you are tired? Man, I am tired. I am fed up. Like, I, 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 this has just been too much. We've had three years of COVID. We've had the worst racial tension in our country in decades. We've had political turmoil, right? And now we got Putin, really Putin? Like we all needed Putin. Somebody tell him, we don't need you. We need you to just chill. 
Stop attacking people. Stop. But we're just done, aren't we? I went to the dentist this week. You want to know why? Because I forgot to go to the dentist last week. So I didn't have an appointment. So I showed up hoping I was going to get an appointment. And he said, you got to wear a mask. This big old dude came in and he's like, you got to wear a mask. He's like, well, then I'm done. And he just walked out. And I was like, well, can I have his appointment? I mean, he, he had an appointment. He just left because he's like, I'm done with masks. And I was like, my wife's done with my breath. I need you to clean my teeth. And they gave me his appointment. God is good, amen? <laughs> but some of us, man, we're just tired and we're ready for something new. I got good news for you. Jesus has something new for you today. So here we have Jesus. He's tired, it's hot, it's noontime. He's been walking all morning. And a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink because he was alone at the time. But here's the thing you need to know. So is this woman. Ladies, you don't do anything alone, amen? Does anybody have to go to the bathroom? We go to the bathroom together, right? <laughs> like, can you imagine guys just like, hey guys, I'm going to the restroom. Anyone want to go potty, potty with me? Let's just go. You're like, I'm going to another church, pastor. <laughs> Men potty alone. So she's alone. You know what that means? She doesn't have any friends. She's isolated. You don't go at, to the well at noon. You go in the well in the morning. You go to the well at night. You go when it's cool. She's going at the heat of the day so she can be alone, so she's not made fun of, so she's not put down. She doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have any family. She's all by herself and she finds herself alone with Jesus. It says because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food, right? Jesus invented Grubhub, amen? <laughs> Messiah, on, on, Messiah meals, right? He just says, go, 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 go give me some food. But the woman was surprised. She's surprised because in the ancient world, men and women didn't speak to each other. Like even husbands didn't speak to their own wives in public. So she's not Jesus's wife. Jesus is not her brother. He's not her husband. They're not supposed to talk. So not only is there sexual tension and confusion here, there's gender, or excuse me, there's racial tension and confusion here. She's of a different race. She says, look, you're not supposed to be talking to me. This is just weird. It says, because Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. You see, racism has always been a problem. Even God's own people struggle with racism. Isn't that incredible? We all struggle with this. We all deal with this. And she said to Jesus, she said, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. She said, why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, listen to this. He said, oh, if you only knew the gift of God, and what he has for you and who you're speaking to. Some of you are in church today for the first time. You have no idea what you think about church. You have no idea what you think about me. Man, if you just knew who Jesus was, if you just knew who he was, listen to what he says. He said, you would ask me and I would give you living water. You see, Jesus is offering her water that will heal her wounds. Now, if you've never heard this story, you have no idea how many wounds this woman has. She's been abandoned by everyone, her own family, her husband. If she has children, even them. You see, she looks strong on the outside, right? I'm gonna go to this well by myself. I'm gonna carry my own water. Water is one of the heaviest substances on earth. She's gonna carry this. She looks strong on the outside, but she is deeply wounded like so many of us on the inside. Some of us, we just believe, I'm gonna fake it till I make it. I'm gonna pretend I got it all together and I'm just gonna go through life 
making it look like I got it all together on the outside, but deeply I'm broken on the inside. So here's the question today. How does Jesus heal my relational wounds? So many of you on Instagram, when we went through this series, you specifically asked, Pastor, how do I heal from my divorce? Man, divorce is one of the worst things I've seen people go through. It's literally tearing two souls apart. Some of you are not speaking with a child, a son or a daughter. There's conflict in your home. Man, some of you have been stabbed in the back by a best friend and you're just hurting today. I want you to know that this message is for you. How does Jesus heal my relational wounds? Jesus offers me a different kind of drink. Think about that, ladies. I know some of you go to bars, you go to clubs, and guys offer you a drink. They wanna buy you a drink. And nowadays, you always gotta be careful, right? What's in this? What's in this? You have to look out for your own self. You have to be your own police force because you can't trust everybody that smiles, amen? Remember, ladies, beautiful things are poisonous in the wild. And we gotta be leery. What, why is somebody offering me this? I want you to know that Jesus offers a different drink today. A couple of weeks ago, Tammy and I, we went out to dinner with some friends at Sandals Church. I say friends, we just met them. We hardly knew them. They attend Sandals Church, Sandals Anywhere. And they invited us over to their house for dinner. And this guy's great, man, in incredible. He makes his own wine, right? Like I'm just like, oh, that's just like beyond me. Like, I don't even understand it. He explained how you make wine. I was, I was lost after his second sentence. You know, and he's describing, you can taste the difference in this. And I lied. I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> All tastes the same to me. And we had dinner and they have a beautiful home overlooking uh, Newport Beach, just gorgeous, gorgeous view. And we're sitting there, we're talking, we're sharing, we're having a great meal. And about an hour into the meal, my wife just lurches out, yells out, puts her hands on the table. Like we've never ate with these people before. My wife just blurts out, is the table moving? And all of a sudden, I look for Pastor Dan. When we started the meal, Pastor Dan was sitting over here. And all of a sudden, Pastor Dan is sitting over there. And I was like, oh my God, these people have drugged us. <laughs> I was like, I'm on shrooms, I know it. This is what it's like. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was freaking out. <laughs> and this couple that had us over, they just started laughing. They said, no, no, no. We want everybody to have a view so the table that you're sitting on rotates while we eat. <laughs> And I was like, kaboom. I was like, so we're not drugged. We're not drugged. We're not gonna die. You're not kidnapping me. They're just laughing. But here's the thing. Some of you have been offered a drink and you believed it. You believed it would change your life. Some of us, amen, got drunk on love. But daddy, I love him. And he broke your heart. You know what we need to quit telling young people? We need to quit telling them, you'll get over it. You know what I tell my kids? I said, this is gonna hurt forever. <laughs> I can still remember when Wendy broke up with me in algebra, she looked at me, she said, it's not that I don't like you, it's just that I like someone else more. <laughs> I still feel it, I still feel it. It still hurts, why? Because when you give your heart to somebody and they smash it, it hurts forever. It hurts forever. Stop lying to your kids. Be like, yeah, this is gonna sting forever. <laughs> now you're gonna mature, you're gonna grow and you're gonna find love again, but it doesn't take the pain away. It's still real. 
And for many of us, the reason you're struggling in your marriage is because of what someone else did to your heart in a previous relationship. So many ladies in our church, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna punish the man I have for the man that left me. Mm-hmm, amen. Stop doing that. Why are you gonna destroy the good guy because of the bad guy? But some of us have been drunk on love. How does that feel? It's terrible, right? Some of us got drunk on family. I know kids will fill my heart. We'll have a bunch of children and our home will be full of love. (laughs) Right? Right? I know two, three kids didn't work. Let's have four, five, six. You just magnified the toxin. That's all you did. Amen? I hear all the time, I just want to have a baby so I can be loved. Yeah, call me at 2.30 in the morning when they have diarrhea and they puke on you. That's fun. Some of us, though, we've been drunk on friends. Do you know how many people walk away from their relationship with God so they can have a relationship with a friend? We're so desperate for friends. We're so desperate for relationship. We would turn our back on Jesus himself for a friend. Man, be careful, be careful. You know that Jesus was betrayed by one of his best friends? When I was in college, nobody tried to date Tammy, obviously, (laughs) except my best friend, yeah. You know who murdered Julius Caesar? Judas and Cassius, his best friends. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And Peter said, I'll be with you to the very end. And Peter got confronted by a teenage girl. He's like, yeah, I don't even know him. I've never even met him. Here's the thing you need to know. Jesus wants us to experience his love. He never leaves. And Jesus wants you to experience his family. His family forever. That's what he was said. He said, he was asked, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here to see you. And he said, my family are those that do the will of God. And here's the thing, man, if you need a friend today, Jesus is willing to be your best friend. He will never betray you. He will never stab you in the back. He'll never lie to you. So Jesus heals my relational wounds by offering me a different drink. And here's the thing, some of us, we keep going back to that old well, don't we? Well, the first marriage didn't work, so I'm wiser now. The second marriage is gonna fix it. Now I know it's not kids, I know it's not family, but I've learned, I've matured. And we go back to that well and we get hurt again and again and again. And some of us, right, we just keep jumping ship from friends to friends to friends, being abandoned and betrayed over and over and over again. Jesus says today, why don't you try a different well? Why don't you try me? Here's the amazing thing about Jesus. Some of you, you're like, well, I don't know, because I've been hurt before. You know that Jesus will listen to my concerns and questions. It's how he heals us. He listens. I'm a terrible listener, right? I'm in counseling with my wife. I'm finding out I may be the worst listener ever, (laughs) ever. I thought I was really good. Like I thought I was like a Yoda when it came to listening. I'm not even baby Yoda. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm horrible. I'm a terrible listener. You know, one of the biggest problems in our society, society today is we don't listen to anybody. 
Democrats don't listen to Republicans. Republicans don't listen to Democrats. Blacks don't listen to whites. Whites don't listen to blacks. Like we all think we know, right? Men don't listen to women. Women don't listen to men. I mean, how dumb is that when I'm telling my wife as a woman how to feel? You know, my experience as a woman is zero. <laughs> zero. I have no idea. I have no idea what it's like to be a woman. Here's what she says. She says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. Right, this is our question. Jesus, how are you gonna heal me? Like, I can't even see what you have that's gonna help me. She says, and, and by the way, this well is very deep. And, and you know what? She knows it because she comes every day. Every single day she has to come to this well at noon by herself to get water because in the Middle East, it's hot and you need water every single day or you'll die. She said, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer me better water than he? Here's what she's asking. Jesus, how can you help me more than the men in my past? How can you help me more than my family history? How can you possibly be better than what I know? Here's what Jesus would ask you. How could I possibly be worse? How could I be worse than what you know, than what you've experienced? So many people give up on Jesus because of a person representing Jesus. They're not Jesus. They just wore a uniform. Don't be impressed by the outfit. Turn to Jesus. Jesus is not a cult leader. He will listen to your questions. Right? Jesus, you, you don't even have a rope. Jesus just had to laugh. Here's what we've all been taught in school that human beings have developed technology over time. One failure after another failure led to technology, would lead to where we are today. Did you know that that's not true anywhere in archeology? span Out of nowhere, human beings start gathering into cities, building buildings and planting seeds. There's no record of us learning, someone taught us. Someone taught us. That man's name is Jesus. He taught us. You ever wonder how language works? Like, I think we all think we just kind of, ah, ah, ah. And then eventually, right, ah, ah, I meant help. How does a baby learn to speak when someone speaks to them? Jesus, you don't have a rope. Yeah, I taught you guys how to make rope. Jesus, you don't, have, you, you don't have a bucket. Yeah, I taught you what that was. You can carry water in it. Look at this. He taught us everything because that's what a good parent does. They teach their children how to live, how to live. But Jesus listens to your questions, even though they're silly, right? He listens to us. He doesn't try to fix us. He tries to hear us. So how does Jesus heal my relational wounds? He offers me a different drink. He's willing to listen to my concerns and questions. And some of you at the end of service today, you're not gonna be ready to give your life to Jesus. You have some concerns and questions. And I want you to know, Sandals is a great place for you to have concerns and questions. We're here for you. No matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus, we wanna answer your questions to the best of our abilities because that's what Jesus did. Next, Jesus gives me hope. 
even when I've been hurt so many times. Some of us have been let down and wounded so many times by our parents, by our friends, by our family. Some of you have been hurt by the church and I'm so sorry. But Jesus is willing to heal you. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again. Can I ask you a question? Why do you keep going to the bar when you know that's where you met the person who hurt you? Why do you keep going back to Christian mingle? Why? Why? You don't think the devil likes to mingle? I think he does. Why do you keep going back to that well? Some of us though, man, we've, we've given up on people and so we've poured ourselves in our careers. I know what's gonna make me happy, money, success, power. Jesus says that well never satisfies you. You're gonna be thirsty over and over and over again. Some of us though, we turn to our kids. We, we look to our children to fill us. Man, kids drain you. Write that down if you're single. They drain you. You know what my kids have never said? Father, how could we possibly fill you today with love? <laughs> Our friends. I mean, you're lucky if you have a friend. A real friend, a friend that you can tell bad news to and not be judged. How about this? A friend that you can tell good news to and not have them be jealous of you. Man, if Jesus is your best friend, on your worst day, he still loves you. And on your best day, he celebrates you. He's not intimidated by your success. And some of us just keep pouring ourselves into lovers. We just know the next spouse will be the one that fills me. The next one. But it doesn't work, does it? Because no matter who you love, listen to me, they can never fill the need you have in your soul. I love Tammy with all my heart. I cannot meet all of her needs for love. I'm not enough. She has a bigger need than I can fill. She needs Jesus, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. One of the reasons so many of you struggle in your relationships is you think your spouse is God. And that's why you're always disappointed. You need someone to love you like you need to be loved. And only Jesus can do that. And here's why. You see, I can love you, but I'm not love. Jesus is love. And all he's doing is being himself. You see, I can act loving. Jesus never acts. It's who he is. It's who he is. He says, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Never. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring, listeners within them. You see, see, so many of us today, we think the problem's outside. What if the problem's inside? I'm gonna change my location. I'm gonna move to Tennessee, right? Everything's gonna be great. 
I've been to Tennessee. It's not all great. It's not all great. There's broken people there too. Right? This is what people, you, and we all have friends. We got to get out of California. California's crazy. Everyone's crazy. Now, there may be more here. Amen. I mean, come on. We like it spicy. But crazy people are everywhere. Everywhere. The problem is not on the outside. The problem is on the inside. You see, here's why you got to get out of California because you don't want to change what's inside. What's inside? You need fresh water on the inside. A bubbling spring within, giving them eternal life. You see, here's why some of you are up and down with the stock market, up and down with politics, up and down with Putin, because your happiness is dependent upon what's around you rather than what's within you. And Jesus is saying, hey, why don't we change the thing that can really change you? Your heart that was first broken in the seventh grade. And then was broken again your sophomore year. And then was smashed when you were in college. And then was shredded in your 30s. And then was stomped on in your 40s. Right? And it just keeps going. Why don't you let me give you a new heart? He knows your heart's bleeding. He knows it's broken. Listen to what she says. Please, sir, the woman said, give me that water. Give me that water. Listen, she understands. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get this water that doesn't work. So many of you, you just keep going back to alcohol, believing that the next time it numbs you, it'll be for good. So many of us guys, man, we run to porn over and over again, just believing that a fantasy is gonna fill us. But it doesn't work, does it? You think a new job, a new location, a new raise. Like if you're single, you think, oh, if I could just date. If you're dating, if we could just get married. If you're married, if we could just get rid of this, right? Like, ah! Isn't it amazing? Over and over again, that nasty, dirty well is the one that says, if I just change everything on the outside, I'll feel better on the inside. She says, Jesus, I want that water. He says, great. You see, in the ancient world, it's inappropriate for Jesus to have a conversation with a woman who's not his wife or his sister. So he says, go and get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, he said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you've had five. Now, even 2000 years later, five marriages is not successful. Okay. It's not successful. He says, oh, by the way, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You know what brokenness does? Brokenness... Brokenness causes us to give ourselves permission to sin. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm older. So many old people in our church are like, well, we don't have to get married anymore. We, we just love each other. No, 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 no. What's happened is you've been broken and, and you're, 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 you're afraid. You're afraid of what marriage in the past has done to you. You're afraid of what it might do to you again. And so if you're living with somebody, here's what you're saying. You're saying, I'm willing to love you, but I'm not all in because I don't want to be hurt again. That's what she's saying. 
She said, I've gone through the motions five times and I know men lie and men have hurt me. I think a lot of times when, when pastors preach this sermon, we kind of treat this woman like she's an adulterer, like she's a whore. And we kind of make it like it's about her. Here's what I think is probably the problem. I think she probably can't have kids. Because in the ancient world, men oftentimes would abandon a woman if they could not continue their family line. And so here's what I think might be the problem. I think she thinks there's something broken inside her that can't be fixed. And that's why she's living with this man. Because nobody will take me as their wife, Jesus. They say they will, but when I can't do what they want, they dump me. Jesus said, you certainly spoke the truth. You've had five husbands and the man you're living with is just your boyfriend. How does Jesus heal my relational wounds? Jesus teaches me how to have a real relationship with God. As long as you think another human being will fix you, you will always be broken. Always. You see, God heals the relationally broken people with a real relationship with him. Jesus read her like a magazine, didn't he? Just like he reads you. Like you can fool me, you can fool our church, you cannot fool Jesus. Sir, she said, you must be a prophet. <laughs> so tell me, why is it that the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? And we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped. So she turns a personal conversation into a theological debate. That's what we do in church, right? Let's not, let's not get healed, let's argue. Right, let's argue. Let's not save people. Let's not reach people. Let's not actually do what Jesus said. Let's fight each other to the death over where we worship and how we worship. But Jesus is unfazed. He's unfazed. She said, where should we worship? Here or there? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman. Isn't that interesting? Married five times, living with a man in adultery. He calls her dear woman. He says, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one that you worship. While we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming and indeed is now here. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father, listen to these words, and the Father, the Father, not your Father, the Father, the Father of all, the creator of all humanity is looking for those who will worship him that way. You see, God is tired, as tired as you are of fake worship and fake Christians. 
He says this, for God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There are four famous God is passages in the Bible. You see, you have an idea of what God is like. I have an idea of what God is like. Muslims have an idea of what God is like. Jews have an idea of what God is like. Atheists have an idea of what God is like. Did you know that God has an idea of what he's like? And there are four verses in the Bible that tells us what he's like. And this woman married five times, living with a man in adultery. She gets the first revelation of one of those ways. John, the apostle of Jesus, the one whom Jesus loved, tells us in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. And here's what you need to know about your brokenness. He doesn't love you because you're perfect. He loves you because he's perfect. He loves you. He's a better lover than you are a sinner. Next, John also tells us in 1 John 5, 1, 1, 5, God is light. I don't care how dark your life is. What happens when you turn on a light in darkness? The darkness always flees. God is light. Next in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 29, God is a consuming fire. Listen to me, this is what you need to know about God. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. How many of you would get married to a guy if he said, yeah, I'm gonna give you 80%? Or guys, you'd marry a girl. It's like, you know what? I think you're worth 75, maybe 76%. Now, let me tell you what a marriage is. A marriage is I'm all in. I'm all in. We worship an all in God and he's all in and he's waiting for you. But then in John 4, 24, to a woman who's married five men and living with a man, she gets this revelation. God is spirit. Why would a woman married five times, living with a man, hear that God is spirit? Here's what God is saying, ladies. You don't need a man. You need God. And he prays God is not a man. Because if he was a man, he'd have forgotten about us. He'd been tinkering somewhere else, amen? He's like, oh yeah, I created those people. Isn't it crazy? All these women, I just gotta have a man. I gotta have a man. That's not what Genesis says. Genesis says men need a woman. That's what it says. That's what the word of God said. He didn't look at the woman saying, you know what? You need a dude that's confused and lost. That's not what he said. But he said to the man, it is not good for you to be alone, so I will create for you a helper suitable for you. We got all these women. I need a guy. No, no, no. Guys, you need a woman. You need a woman. You're like, well, I got roommates. I'm telling you, a wife is better than roommates. My wife never forgets to flush the toilet. She doesn't pee on the wall. Dude, when dudes brush their teeth, I think we brush like this. It's like we're attacking the mirror with our saliva. We have two sinks, man. I always look at my wife's sink. It looks like there's not ever anyone there. 
and my side looks like a battle where I lost. Listen to me, woman who's been married five times, who's living with a guy now. You don't need him, you need God. You need God. God is not a man, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, in truth. You see, here's why we stay relationally broken, because we believe someone else can fix us. And we just keep going to broken people to fix us. What happens when you get two broken people together? You have more brokenness, not less. And then you have babies, little broken people. <laughs> like, right? The funniest thing is, man, you make little people. I know I've made some, you know? And here's what's crazy. You see your brokenness in them. I recognize that. Yeah. That's what I bless my children with. My anxiety, my worry, my anger. Go ye therefore and be foolish. <laughs> or we can turn to the one relationship that's baggage free. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And here's what's wrong with the church today. So many of us come to church, and I know, I watch Instagram, and I watch people with all the views. Here's the thing, most of us go to church to be motivated. We need to come to church to be transformed. You see, if you're a motivated, broken person, you're still broken. But if you're a transformed person who drinks new water, you can be changed. And here's the thing, some of you, you're, you're so broken emotionally, your heart is so broken. You're so broken mentally. You're just overwhelmed with life. You've been let down so many times. Let me tell you something. Jesus wants to heal your relational wounds, but he's gonna start with your soul. It's called triage. You treat the worst wound first. And your worst wound has nothing to do with your heart and it has nothing to do with your head. It has everything to do with your soul. You are separated from the living water. You are separating from the God who loves you. Jesus heals my relational wounds by inviting me to trust him. And that's hard, right? Because we've all trusted and been lied to. We've all trusted and been let down. We've all trusted and been hurt. The woman said, she said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called the Christ it's interesting, she quotes Hebrew and Greek. Messiah is Hebrew, Christos is Greek. She knows a little something about God, but she doesn't know she's standing in front of him. And that's where some of you are. You know a little something about God, but that won't save you. You gotta know Jesus. She said, the one who's called the Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Now for us in English, this doesn't mean a lot. I'm Matt Brown, you're you, it means nothing. But in Hebrew, when Moses met God in the burning bush, he said, who should I say sent me? And in Hebrew, it's kind of hard for us to translate. 
It's a chaya yasher, a chaya. That's who God told Moses he was. A chaya yasher, a chaya, which literally is, I am which I am. And in Greek, it's translated, ego eimi, which is exactly what Jesus just said. He said, I am ego eimi. I'm the God you're looking for. I'm everything you need and everything you want. I just need you to trust me. But man, that's hard. Right? That, that's really what it's about, isn't it? That's, that, that's the step of faith. Can I trust you? In order to trust Jesus, I need you to do two things today. I need you to be willing to empty your life. You can't fill a full container. And you know what we're all full of today? Things that have hurt us. It's called sin. Some of it you've done to yourself. I call it bitterness, anger, rage. But some of it's been done to you. You've been lied to, stabbed in the back, and betrayed. You've been not loved, overlooked. You've been invisible to the people that you needed to see you. But listen to me, if you want bubbling water, you have to rid yourself of that poison. Tammy and I were in counseling last week and we just began to talk about all the wounds that we have. 25 years of wounds from friends, from family, from some of you. <laughs> I mean, not you, but probably the person sitting next to you. <laughs> right? Life is hard and people hurt us. And my wife and I, we left counseling. She said, I felt like we just threw up. And she didn't want to go back the next week. And so we told the counselor that. We said, we didn't want to come back. And he said, you know what he said? He said, throwing up is awful. How many of you hate throwing up? Like, I would rather chew on carpet all night long. I will, I'll be, ah, ah, I'm not puking. But isn't it amazing how much better you feel when it gets out? And some of you today, you're like, I'm not letting go of this bitterness. I'm not letting go of this hatred. I'm not letting go of this hurt. I'm gonna take this to the grave. And here's the thing that you need to know, it's gonna take you to the grave a whole lot sooner. Or you could get it out. You could puke it up today and say, Lord, I want this out. I can't let what my mother did to me keep me from you, Jesus, take it. I can't let what that man did to me keep me from you, Jesus, take it. I can't let this divorce divorce me from you, Jesus, take it. I can't let these wounds, this unforgiveness, this bitterness, I can't let this keep you from filling my heart, take it, and you gotta puke it out. And it's embarrassing and it's awful, but it's always better once it's out. That's called repentance. Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Get it out. It's called confession. Number two, I have to open my heart to Jesus. It's not enough to get it out. And that's why counseling can only take you so far. Counseling can empty you of sin, but it cannot fill you with the spirit of the living God, only Jesus can do that.
Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. Listen very carefully. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Jesus will not force himself upon you. I want you to listen to me like your life depends on it, like eternity is at stake because it is. Are you ready to be healed? Are you ready to be saved? You need living water. You need water that only Jesus said he has. How do you receive this water? You believe that he is the Messiah. You put your faith in him and you confess your sin. You get it out. And here's what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and you carry heavy burdens. Some of you have been carrying it for far too long. This microphone weighs nothing. If I carry it for the rest of my life, it will destroy my arm. You see, the longer you carry a weight, the heavier it becomes. Some of you need to let it go today. He said, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. He is the relationship you need. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Here's what I wanna challenge you to do. And we haven't done this in a long time. No head bowed, no eyes closed. If you know today, whether you're watching online, sandals anywhere, you're at a campus, man, even if you're listening to this message in your car, pull over if you're in your car because I don't want you to crash. But here's what I ask you to do. If you know today, I need to get healed. I need to get well. I want you to just let it out what I wanna challenge you to do is just stand. If you know you need healing today, if you know you need saving today, I want you to stand right now. It doesn't matter. There's no music playing. You know you need it out. You know you need to be saved. I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. Is there anybody else that needs to stand? I want you to stand right now. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in. I just want you to stand right now. And then I just want you to say these words with me. Jesus, come in. I want you to invite him in right now. Jesus, come in. I'm tired. I've been, I've been hurt. I've been wounded. I've been broken. I'm ready for this water. Jesus, get this poison out. And Jesus, come in. And here's what he promises. He will. He will. He will. Let me just pray over you right now for every person that's standing. I just wanna say I appreciate your bravery and I understand your pain and know this, Jesus sees you and loves you and is saving you right now. Let me pray for you in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I pray for these people, these brave people that are standing. God, the people that we can see and the people we can't, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just fill them Jesus, as you take out the bitterness, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just fill their life and strengthen them. Help them to know, Jesus, that you are with them and that you will never, ever leave them. And God, I pray that you would begin to do a work in their life, that right now, even as they stand, they would feel bubbling water 
filling them from inside, changing them from the inside out, healing all of these wounds and saving their soul. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.